Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. I feel uh, so humbled and uh, so honoured this morning to be here to be able to share the Word of God with you. And I was reflecting uh, just uh, this morning, actually, Rachel and I have been in uh, ministry together for 18 years now. You wouldn't think that I would look so young, would you? And Rachel, of course. But 18 years, and this has been the longest period, six months, that I haven't spoken publicly. So I must admit, I'm a little bit uh, anxious about this morning, a little bit nervous and uh, all those normal things. But I want to say from the outset, uh, what an honor and a privilege to stand here today. I was reflecting this morning about the journey of our church here and uh, was reflecting on uh, the period in 2008, uh, it was the month of July, and around um, June, Rachel and I were asked to come and move to the church here in Shell Harbour from Newcastle, and it was a very, very big decision. But I still remember uh, the words that God gave me as I was walking around in the garage in our home and just contemplating the future, what should we do, uh, should we stay, should we go, and I really felt that the Lord was asking us to come to Shell Harbour. And I never forget the words, and I still cling on to them today, that as we said, yes, God, we, 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 we agree to come to this city, that I felt that the Lord said that he was going to use this church to bring a move of his spirit that would affect this whole region. And I still believe that the greatest days for Shell Harbor Community Church are in front of us. Amen. And I just want to say today how thankful I am, uh, how thankful we are to be so blessed to be able to pastor such an amazing congregation of people that have stood so strong over the last six months, have been so faithful after the last six months, and we just feel so amazed uh, by your support and uh, your, your undergirding during that time, amen. So if I could this morning, I'd love just to pray before we begin anything other than that today. Heavenly Father, we just stand before you today in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for that great privilege. Today, Lord, I just surrender myself to you. I center myself around the Holy Spirit today. Lord, it's about Him and what He wants to do in the hearts of each person that's here this morning. So Lord, today we pray that you would use me. I pray, I surrender my mouth, I surrender my mind, my heart, my soul to you today. I pray, Lord, that you would speak into the lives of individuals today, that you would bring great encouragement. God, you are such a great encourager. God, you are so faithful. Even when we feel faithless, you are there to lift us up. So I thank you, God, for those this morning that might be struggling in some area of their lives. I thank you that you are the God of answers. And we just bless you and thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. So just before we share this morning, we're launching a series, Fear Proof. And we're on a journey over the month of May and June. And I believe that during this time together, that God, by his great Holy Spirit, is going to set some people free around the area of fear. Amen. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my own journey with that today, how fear and the crippling effects of it can affect our lives. But wanted to touch on firstly, something that I'm so passionate about, City Serve. And uh, this uh, last week, we were able to meet with uh, some of the pastors and you would have seen in the Mercury and editorial that was there. And you know, it's just so cool, the testimonies that are coming back all the time. We had to, on Thursday morning, I had a text message from the mayor just raving about the, uh, the, uh, the editorial. Then about half an hour later, got an email from the, uh, the director uh, about the editorial as well. And you know this, this is the deal in council. I spoke with a council staff member last week and they say that any time CityServe now is mentioned in council, it takes top priority. How astounding is that? But you know what? You know what? 
inspires me more than anything else. This city service is just a great platform and a great way of partnering with the community and transforming parts. You know, stuff wouldn't get done except for the local churches coming together. But what inspires me more than anything else is the relational unity that's taking place across the city. Churches and congregations are coming together. We are seeing right across the Illawarra, I was speaking to Daryl Stewart from the Illawarra Prayer Network, and he is saying right now that there are fraternals popping up all over the Illawarra. Pastors are just coming together. And I believe it's because of what's happening in Shell Harbour. I believe because of the work of the pastors that are coming together. And a couple of, oh, I'm feeling good. It's all about working out. But, uh, you know, it was just so wonderful a couple of weeks ago to sit with the ministers fraternal and to talk to them. And I was able to actually to say to them that, you know, through this journey that we've been on, I can honestly say that I have brothers in Christ in Shell Harbor City. Amen. My Anglican brother's been praying for me. My Baptist brother's been praying for me. My Uniting Church brother's been praying for I mean, every denomination, people have been praying for the church here. And I just think how amazing is that God is doing something very special in our midst. So I do want to encourage you, the 14th of July, 14th of May, come down, Ron Costello Oval, the, whole, the committee of the uh, Shell Harbour Sharks are going to be there as well. And I just think what an amazing opportunity for us to really do some good down there and partner with that committee there as well. So I do encourage you with that. Dave said before, I love Dave's leading, but he said before our prayer meeting at five o'clock, can I encourage you? There's a whole stack of stuff you could do on a Sunday afternoon. Sleep, go to the gym, Go for a surf, how boring. Whole stack of stuff like that. But for one hour between five and six o'clock, we get, get an opportunity to come together to pray for our city, to pray for our church, to pray for the world that we're in. So if I can encourage you, there's no expectation for you to come to church after it. If you want to do that, you can. But uh, I just really want to encourage you with our prayer meetings. Prayer is such an important. So this morning, it's a great joy to be able to start our series, um, Living and Building Our Fear-Proof Life. And, you know, I want to be honest with you this morning, my greatest fear over the journey uh, was that I would never return back to this place. In fact, throughout our, through our journey um, over the month of uh, December and January, I've got to be totally honest with you, I resigned twice. I resigned in December <laughs> and I resigned in January. And I wasn't resigning out of a place of weakness. I was resigning out of a place of fear. And my fear was that I would never be able to return back to that place that God was calling me to return to. And the fear was that our local church, if I wasn't able to return, that it would be best for me to resign and get out of the way so that God could bring someone else in. Amen. And that was the greatest fear that I had during that period of time. But I'm so thankful today that here we are together. Amen. Looking forward to the journey that God has for us together as a church. You know, through, uh, through my journey, I want to say that I, I know what it's like to feel like you're drowning in fear and paralyzed by anxiety. And I also have discovered through that journey that possibly Satan's greatest fear towards our lives, greatest weapon towards our lives is that of fear. Because when we allow fear to grip us, when we allow anxiety to grip, grip our hearts and fear and anxiety grip my heart for a number of months, I was so paralyzed at times, didn't want to go anywhere, didn't want to leave the house, didn't want to get out of bed. When that gripped my heart, Satan understands that we are absolutely limited, that we can't move forward. And you know, the good news I've discovered though, that in the Word of God, there are over 110 fear knots in the Word of God. 
And what I discovered through that journey, that God is always faithful, even when we're feeling faithless. And you might be here this morning, and you might be gripped by a bit of fear in your heart. You might have a bit of anxiety about some things that are going on in your life. I want to encourage you today that you might be in that place right now, but that's not where you're going to stay, amen? If you continue to hang on to God and, and just continue to push through, God will bring you to a place where you get great victory. But over 110, over 114, I think it is, fear knots that are in the Bible there. And I thought about that. That's two fear knots for every week of the year. Amen? So every time you're facing a fear, you're struggling with a bit of anxiety, remind yourself that there's a two fear knots for that particular week that you're in. And get that fear knot out and start to confess it over your life. Amen? So we want to look at this morning, what is fear? Well, there's a definition that, that I discovered. It says this, the psychological and emotional state of being afraid, a sense of dread. A sense of dread comes upon our lives. There's another common description that a lot of uh, motivational speakers will use. Uh, fear, false evidence appearing real. And that's quite a, quite a good one there. But the truth about fear is this. There are healthy fears and there are unhealthy fears. Healthy fears help to protect us from imminent threat, but unhealthy fears hamstring and distort our lives. And they're the things that we want to grapple with over the coming weeks together, coming to that place where we grapple with the fear that potentially could be an unhealthy one and holding us back from the future that God has for us. Well, I have a healthy fear of snakes. I do a very, very healthy fear of snakes. And, um, you know, I, I just hate snakes. I, I just... Don't want to. I think I've got a very healthy fear of snakes. In fact, if I'm walking through high bush, I will whistle while I'm going along or I will just stomp a little bit louder because I do not like snakes. But this boy up here, he's not my son. He can't be. Do you see that snake there? The picture was um, taken about five years ago. He was in Coffs Harbour. He was visiting his, um, his, like his uncle. And his uncle called for him a carpetbag snake because he knew that this young man loves snakes. Well, the carpetbag snake was in a bag for two weeks in the garage to start with. Second of that, the uncle had this really, really revved up uh, red heeler dog. So the dog's there. The uncle gets the bag out of the snake. The snake sees the dog and goes absolutely ballistic. Well, before you see Josiah there grabbing the snake and holding onto it, the snake bites him twice on the leg. He starts bleeding. And yet, here he is here holding this snake in his hand. You're not my son. You cannot be. We were at, because uh, we get healthy fears. We were at um, Bush Rangers Bay a couple of years ago. We were there. We were doing a bit of snorkeling with the kids. And I just remember sitting there uh, thinking, uh, you know, I'd love to find a nice spot to sit, to take some time to enjoy the sun. I found this beautiful little carved out rock. It was, it was spectacular. It was like sitting there in like an armchair without the armrest. And I'm just sitting there and having a nice time. And this thought, I think it was the Holy Spirit. This thought came to my head that this would be a great place for a snake to be. So I'm sitting there and just relaxing, enjoying the suns, the vibes, the whole stuff that's going on. Josiah comes out of the water and he says, Dad, there's a snake behind your head. I went, sure. But then Rachel chimed up and said, Shane, there's a snake behind your head. Well, I jumped up. I was faster than Superman, Spider-Man, and Iron Man all at once. I moved at the speed of light, and it was a red-bellied black snake about 10 inches away from the back of my neck. Not a good thing. So we can have 
healthy fears, and I think the most, most preeminent fear, healthy fear that we should have is the fear of the Lord. I think that that's the most healthiest fear that we can possess and cultivate and develop during the journey of our life. Having a fear of the Lord, not being scared of God, but having a preeminent um, um, awe of who God is and respecting and honor, honoring the power and the, the, the very uh, nature of who God is. We should have that healthy fear of the Lord in our lives. So there are healthy fears, but then there's also, I believe, what we would call unhealthy fears. fears. Being consumed with anxiety, worrying about all the what-ifs in life. I know what that's like to worry about all the what-ifs in life, you know, all the stuff, the, all the possibilities. And you know, we can spend so much of our emotional energy worrying about the what-ifs in life. They, they say this, that 95% of the things that you worry about will never come to pass. 95% of the things that you're worrying about right now will not come to pass. But worry and anxiety can be potentially a very, very unhealthy fear. Another area that can be very, very uh, unhealthy is having unresolved pain from past experiences. That we don't deal with those things, and as a result of that, they leave a, an unhealthy fear that operates in our hearts. And what do those things do? They limit the potential that God has placed within us. Amen. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. But too many people, we live below that line and we allow fear to speak to us. We allow fear to dictate where we can go and what we can do. God is in the business of wanting to break those fears off so that we can be free like Jesus said. I'm still spitting. We can be free like Jesus said. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Unhealthy fears. Listen to this thought this morning. To grow in Christ's likeness, we must identify what are the unhealthy fears that are working in our lives and be courageous enough to confront and overcome them. And this is why we're on the journey that we're embarking upon, overcoming the paralyzing effects of fear. This morning as we're here in this place, there'll be three groups of individuals in this room this morning. The first group, the first individual, will be someone that acknowledges their fear probably talks about their fear to others, but never commits to overcoming. That's the first person that potentially would be in this room this morning. The second person is someone that acknowledges their fear, but never openly talks about their fears, but they hide their fear under a number of different guises. I'm too busy. I've got too much going on in my life. I haven't got enough resource. I haven't got enough. We make heaps of excuses, but really those excuses, those excuses and excuses, those excuses are really just excuses to hide the potential fear that we're putting behind that excuse. And then there's the third individual this morning. They're the sorts of individuals that acknowledge their fear, but then through a process of time, gird enough courage within themselves to say, I'm not going to be fear-bound anymore because he who the sun sets free is free, is, sets free is free indeed. They're the third individual, and I believe that God wants us to be all like that third individual, not allowing the fears of life to dictate to us where we can go and what we can do. Amen. Our God is a big God. Our God is a great God. Amen. And it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, before the foundation of time, he saw you, he planned your life, and he prepared you to do great works. That's the God that we serve this morning. But potentially, we can allow fear to get into our heart. You know, and I wonder this morning, 
How many potential people in this place here have limited their destinies because of fear? We just allow that fear to lodge in there and it grips our hearts. And as a result of that, we just can't move forward. Amen. You're hearing me this morning. I believe God wants to over the coming weeks. And I, I don't believe that it's going to be just a, just a, a slap on the head today and the anointing and all of that. I believe it's going to be a process of time over the coming weeks where people are going to go, no, enough's enough. I'm not going to live under the devastating, paralyzing effects of fear anymore because God hasn't given me, Shane Cook, a spirit of fear but a spirit of power and of love. Hallelujah. You should get your own finger and stick it in your... Don't do that. Stick it in your chest now and say your name and God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. So this morning we want to embark on and look today, this morning, the first part of our series this morning. We're going to look at the fear that the cycle of never, ne negative circumstances won't end. We're going to look at the fear that the cycle of negative circumstances won't end. About four years ago, we were up at the Gold Coast, and uh, we decided we'd do the theme parks. If we could just get that picture up there, there's a ride up there called the Green Lantern. And I tell you, I did the Green Lantern and jumped on the ride, and uh, it went for about 10 minutes, I believe. It went for about 10 minutes, and straight away... Straight away, I had this picture, this image of the operator of the ride down in his little stall, looking at me with his hands going, because <laughs> the ride went on and on and on and on, and, and I thought it was never going to come to an end. I mean, I just thought my life was going to end. If you've been on that ride, maybe you just don't think it's that tough, but it was such a tough ride, and it just kept going on and on and on. Eventually, it ended. But you know, sometimes our lives can feel like that as well. Negative circumstance after negative circumstance after negative And after a while, we have a fear that this cycle, this thing's never going to end. I want to say without exception today that God is faithful. And the things that you're facing right now, God will bring to an end. Amen. There are times when we face a string of negative circumstances and we can feel like they will never end. 2008, um, of uh, August in 2008, um, I think it was August, Suzanne, was it? We arrived, Rachel and I arrived. We, we were together in Newcastle for, if you've heard the story, I'm, uh, anyway, we'll just share it anyway. But we were together uh, for 10 years serving in, in uh, the Newcastle church there. We were 10 years senior pastors. We got married. We went, went on a honeymoon for two weeks. We came back and we were senior pastors. It's not probably the best way to start. That's the way that it went anyway. So we, through a process of time, we said, yes, God, we'll, we'll come to Shell Harbour. And you know, when we arrived in Shell Harbour, it was a very, very challenging time for the church. The senior ministers had left the church. Half the committee of management had left the church. Half the leadership team had left the church. And there were people that were leaving all the time. It was a very challenging time of a lot of negativity, a lot of hearsay. And a, there were camps of people for this and that. And it was just a really, really challenging time. And we came from Newcastle that we'd been there. I'd been there personally for 17 years. And we sort of worked through that 10-year period. And the church was very solid. Over that 10-year period, it tripled in size, and it was a, a great local church, and we arrived in Shell Harbour, and boy, I tell you, it was such a massive stretch. We came, and for the first three months, we, we uh, you know, did our best in trying to get to know people we knew no one, and um, just uh, tried to work through that process, and we got to the Christmas period, and, and uh, people were still leaving, and then on the first, first uh, Sunday morning in January, I won't forget it, we, uh, we were preparing for a for what we thought might be more of a settling month in January and moving into the rest of the year. 
Well, on the first Sunday morning in January, I get a phone call. We get a phone call at 2.30 a.m. The children's, children's pastor's wife had had a major aneurysm. And so 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock on that Sunday morning, we go to the hospital. We spend the whole day uh, with the family there. Tragically, at 3 p.m. that afternoon, the decision's made to turn off the life support machine. Tragic, tragic thing that took place. Had to walk through that, and I want to tell you, that is never, ever a, a, nice, a nice scene to be a part of. It was tragic. It was just heartbreaking. And here we are thinking, you know, we, we might be able to launch it this year with a bit of strength, and the whole church is just faced with this devastated, devastating uh, challenge in front of it. The loss of someone that was so dearly loved. Jackie Murdoch was her name. A beautiful woman died age 51, I think it was, from a, from a, from a damaging, life-taking brain aneurysm. Tragic. So here we are in January thinking, boy, how will we gather the courage and the strength to be able to go to the church and, and share with the church the, this, this terrible thing that's taken place? So eventually we dealt with that and, and we, 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 we moved as best we could with the church and, and we conducted the funeral and did all the things that we could. But in the background, people were still leaving the church. There were still negative things that were going on. Still people were making the decision to leave. And, you know, under the midst of all that stuff that was going on, when we arrived in the church, there was a $1.5 million debt. That was the debt that we had. We went from Newcastle where we had no debt. Woohoo! <laughs> that was a nice place to be. But we went from having no debt to having to manage pretty much in overnight a $1.45 million debt. And the reality was the repayments at that time were around $12,000 a month just in interest. So we had this stuff going on. We had people leaving the church. We had this massive, massive debt over the church as well. And just by the way, uh, we'll be having a celebration in a few weeks' time to celebrate the fact that the debt now is under a million. We'll have a party that day, won't we? So we're going through this year in 2009 and uh, still struggling with with the, how the year begun, still struggling with the fact that people are leaving, still struggling with the fact that there's all this sort of hearsay and negativity that's going on and the, and the to and fro. And we get to the end of 2009. And then we come to the realization and the revelation that someone's been stealing out of our tithes and offerings. I mean, I was drowning, drowning in a sea of fear and anxiety, thinking to myself, God, Will this ever end? God, you called us here, but will this ever end? One tragedy after the other, after the other, after the other. I want to say this morning, though, God is faithful. <laughs> God is faithful. God is faithful. We might feel faithless, but the good news is God is faithful. And in fact, the season will end. And I want to share with you this morning, this Psalm, Psalm chapter 23, the, the writer of Psalm chapter 23 is, is David. And he says this, and this is for people this morning to hear. For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But the bit that I want to look at this morning, for though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David was saying, yes, we can be surrounded by negative circumstances. Yes, we can have fear and anxiety. But the reality is we're walking through those. Amen. And I want to encourage people this morning that might be faced with some fear and anxiety right now. Look at what it says there. For though I walk through the valley, just keep walking. That's the key to life. Just keep moving forward in your relationship with God. That's the key there. Don't stop. Don't be bound up. Don't be held back. Just keep walking, walking, walking through and you'll come to the other side. Amen. You'll come to the other side. 
Because David knew that there. For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We find, if you want to open your Bibles this morning, a similar scenario in Genesis chapter 26. And we want to look at one, one individual this morning, and then we'll conclude together. A similar scenario of negative circumstances, one after the other after the other, in Genesis chapter 26. There are four, four circumstances that Isaac faced, <clears throat> and I'll just go through them very briefly with you. But at some point in your own time, you can read the whole chapter. It's quite an insightful chapter. But the way that God responds to Jacob, to Isaac, is what we want to look at. But then more importantly, we want to look at the way that Isaac responds to God in relation to what God says. So what was Isaac facing? In verse 1, he was facing a devastating famine. And he had to make a critical decision. Should he stay in Gerar where he was, where the famine was, or should he move to Egypt like his ancestor Abraham did? Well, we discover here that as he's facing this devastating famine, that God comes to him and tells him to stay. That's the first thing that he was facing, a devastating famine right across the land. Then in verse 7 to 11, this is the second thing that he's facing. He lies to Abimelech about his wife, and he calls Rebekah his sister, because he fears he will lose his life if they find out she's his wife. He lies about his wife and then potentially is threatened with death because of that lie. So that's the second thing that's going on in his life. Then in verses 12 to 16, Isaac experiences a lot of friction from the Philistines because they become so jealous of his prosperity, they actually ask him to leave the area. They're so challenged by his prosperity and what's happening that they get very jealous of that. And he was forced to move to the Valley of Gerar. Third thing that's going on in his life. Then the fourth thing is this, in verse 21 to 22. When he gets there, he unstops the wells. And this creates more friction for him because the local herdsmen claim that they, they, were, here, here, they, they were there wells as well. So in one few verses of Scripture, we see Isaac here facing four very challenging circumstances. Just to highlight, Isaac was in the middle of a crippling and severe famine. He nearly got killed for lying about his host, lying to his host about his wife. Because he prospered, his neighbors were provoked and asked him to leave. And every time he dug a well, the local herdsmen disputed with him. I've got no exception that Isaac must have been challenged with a string of negative circumstances that were going on in his life. But listen right now as to how God responds to Isaac. Because we see in verse 24, this is what we see God comes to Isaac with. And it says this, And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. Remember I said in the beginning that there are over 110, 115 fear nots in the Bible. Every time God's people in the Old Testament and New Testament were faced with some sort of prevailing circumstances, God would come and say, fear not. Today, for each of us, God is coming again to us and saying, fear not. You might have an illness in your body today that is quite serious. God would be saying to you, fear not. 
You might have a financial problem in your world right now that's really bringing great pain to you. I want to encourage you today with the same words that God brought to Isaac. Fear not. You might think this morning that your marriage is really struggling. Your kids are really out of place or whatever it is. You might have a multitude of things going on, but listen to the words of God today. Fear not. Fear not. Why? Because fear will cripple you. Fear will hamstring, hamstrung, hamstring. Fear will stop you. Fear will rob you. Fear will limit you. Fear will take your creativity. Fear will destroy your confidence. There's nothing good in negative fear. And that's the first thing that God comes to Isaac with. Fear not. God knows about all those things that are going on. God knows how Isaac feels. And what does God do? He comes and affirms his covenant. He comes and affirms his promise. I'm the God of Abraham. Amen. The promise that I made to Abraham is still the promise for you. Isaac, fear not. And I think for us this morning as well, we've got to come to, to, to a place where we realize as well that just as Isaac had a covenant with God, we have a covenant as well, cut by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. God has a covenant, made a covenant with us. The same promises that are there for the saints of old, the same promises that are there for the patriarchs of old, the same promises for us today. But if we fear, we'll be limited. If we fear, we'll be held back. God doesn't want us to fear. So that's why he came to Isaac, to encourage him, to lift him up, to help him to understand that even though all these things are going on, Isaac, I am with you. I am with you. I think at times we need to remind ourselves this promise here that I don't know how many times I reminded myself in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. The Living Bible, I love the definition of it, says this, and we know that all that happens to us is working for good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. For we know that all that happens to us is working for good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. You know, I think about these individuals, these men, um, people, uh, ladies in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, after the early church was birthed on that great day in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was birthed. And then I think the years as the years go on, but these men and women that suffered, <laughs> suffered and faced such amazing persecution and such hostility to the world that they were living in and yet could still write things like that because they knew that if God before me, who could be against me? And that they were living to a higher crown, a higher purpose, eternity. And the things that we're facing today are temporal. But we're working towards the eternal. Amen. That's why he could say that. And we know that all the bad stuff that happens to us is working for good if we love God and keep fitting into his plans. The obstacles that you face are just the stepping stones to where God wants to take you. The, op the obstacles that you face are just the stepping stones to where God wants to take you. Goliath made David. Come on, you might sit there this morning and think, I just can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. 
Yes, you can. You just be faithful. Continue to be faithful. God is always faithful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Don't you love that promise this morning? Our God will never leave us nor forsake us. So today I want to finish with Isaac's response to God and what we can draw from it this morning. And this is the, the thought in Genesis chapter 26. After God came and brought that promise of fear not, this is what Isaac did in response. And this is what our response needs to be as well. In verse 25 of Genesis chapter 26. So he, Isaac, built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. And he pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Two thoughts out of that that I want to bring to us this morning. Number one, Isaac built an altar. An altar in the Bible speaks of worship. So what was Isaac doing? He started to worship God. He started to lift God up. The second thing that Isaac did there, Isaac called on the name of the Lord. Amen? Get this thought though as we conclude together. God comes and says, fear not. But the reality was that the negative circumstances were still there. But it's Isaac's response to God's promise that we need to learn from this morning. He worshipped and he prayed. He worshipped and he prayed. He didn't hide, but he pushed in. When we're facing fears, what we want to do is hide. I know that so well. I, I hid. Now what else to do? But Isaac prayed and worshipped God. He pushed in. You know, in my journey in, in last year, around J January, things started to change. Things started to turn around. I <laughs> Such a big girl. Things started to turn around. Things started to change. But you know, as it happened, as I started to get my testimony back again, as I started to speak over my life again, as I started to worship God again, as I started to allow heaven to start to invade my heart again, as I started to declare that I'm anointed by God, I started to declare that I'm called by God, started to declare that God has a purpose over my life, I started to declare and started to speak out, things started to change. Things started to take place. You know what the enemy wants to do to you? He wants to fill you with fear and shut your mouth. But I found the more that we confront our fear and the more that we confess God's promises over our lives, please this morning, friends and family, I'm not being arrogant in saying, I'm called, I'm anointed, I have a purpose. All of us are. All of us are called. All of us are appointed. All of us are, uh, have a plan and purpose that God has given us each uniquely. Amen? But things started to change. And I believe this morning that the people in this place that might be bound by your fear from the past, might be bound by the things that you're facing right now or the future that you might have right now, you're bound by that. But God, in His loving grace, is coming to you today, this morning, and saying, fear not, for I am with you. What we need to do is to be like Isaac, build an altar and call upon the name of the Lord. Build an altar and call upon the name of the Lord. Start to worship God again. Start to worship Him. Start to lift Him up for who He is. Start to call out to God. You call out to God. He is faithful to answer if we just reach out to him if we just reach out to God he's faithful to lead us through to where he's wanting us to go amen people are here today limited by fear and it's holding you back our heavenly father doesn't want that 
He doesn't want that for your life. And my prayer for all of us, including myself, is the continued courage beyond this day till we come to the end of this journey in this season in the life of the church that we will be encouraging one another about overcoming the fears that we face, the obstacles that we face, the things that are standing in front of us right now. Amen? And I believe this morning as we, we pray a prayer together that I believe that God is just going to help us again. Life goes too quickly. It goes too, too fast. Who can believe it's May today? May the 1st today. You know, before you know it, we'll be in December. We'll be in January. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Year goes so fast. But my point is this. Our lives go so fast. Why live another month, another day, another year living under the banner of that fear? Why not allow God to, 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 to gird us in the loins, to gird us in our hearts to say, no, I'm not going to be limited by that stuff anymore. I'm going to allow you, God, over these coming weeks to set me free, to break those things off my life that are holding me bound, holding me back. Amen? Why don't we just finish with a prayer together? Yeah? Heavenly Father, thank you that you are so faithful. Emmanuel, we cry out to you today, God is with us. We thank you that even in the midst of our darkest hours, even in the midst of our darkest nights, that God, you are there. So we settle our hearts on you this morning, knowing that you are unchanging. Our worlds can change. Things can change around us so quickly, but you never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we just center our hearts in you this morning, Lord, and we pray for courage. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to be courageous, that we would have an open heart to identify those areas of fear that we know are limiting us, and that this journey that we embark upon today, Lord, as a church family, we embark together upon this journey, and we trust and know that you're anointing, the anointing, that breaks the yoke will be the anointing that breaks the yokes of fear over our lives. So Father, I thank you this morning. I just pray this morning that you would help us to be courageous, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And everybody said, Amen.